Nation here. Let's go to our ring announcer. Welcome to the show that brings you all things nostalgia in the world of professional wrestling. It is now time to go Beyond the Bell. Welcome back, old school wrestling fans. This is your pro wrestling nostalgia podcast known as Beyond the Bell, which is powered by the SNS Radio Network. We are live, recording live once again backstage from an independent wrestling event in the locker room. And we are so excited, just a few short days away from the granddaddy of them all, the Super Bowl of professional wrestling, Wrestlemania. Tonight, we bring you part two of the class of the 2013 WWE Hall of Fame. On part one, we celebrated the careers of Trish Stratus, Bob Backlund, and the hardcore future Hall of Famer coming this Saturday night, Mick Foley. Tonight on part two, we will relive the careers of Donald Trump, Booker T, and the legendary Bruno Sammartino. Thank you fans for joining us once again as we commemorate and celebrate the legends, the superstars of professional wrestling. Buckle up fans, part two of the 2013 class of the WWE Hall of Fame. Today, one man has become synonymous with success. That would be me. Money! Money, 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 money! Business mogul, best-selling author, reality television star. You're fired. You're fired. Go. His outspoken personality and inherent business acumen has made him one of the most powerful men in the world. Donald Trump has been one of the biggest supporters of WWE since the 1980s. As WrestleMania was becoming a global sensation, the Trump brand skyrocketed to new heights, and the master of the art of the deal orchestrated a huge business merger. Everybody in the country wanted this event, and we were able to get it, and that's a great honor for Trump and for Atlantic City. Donald's a businessman, so he thought that WrestleMania could bring something you know, to Atlantic City and to his casino that had not been there before. He was right. WrestleMania 4 created such an economic boom that Donald doubled down and brought WrestleMania back to Trump Plaza the following year, marking the only time a venue has hosted consecutive WrestleManias. But it would not be the last time Trump made history on WWE's biggest stage. The Battle of the Billionaires, the hair versus hair match. The showdown between Donald Trump and Vince McMahon at WrestleMania 23 caused a media frenzy. And celebrities weighed in as to which billionaire would lose his famous locks. 
I'd like to see Donald get his head shaved. You gotta see, you know, the Donald bald. Donald Trump. Donald's, absolutely. Trump's a businessman. He didn't get into this deal thinking he was gonna lose. In front of a record-setting 80,000 fans at Ford Field and one of the largest pay-per-view audiences in WrestleMania history, both tycoons pulled out all the stops to prevent a hostile makeover. Hey, look at this! Donald Trump! Look at this! of losing his hair has just engulfed Mr. McMahon. The only thing that I would redo was that the wrong person had his hair cut. Entrepreneur, visionary, entertainer, and now the Donald can add another accolade to his portfolio. Donald Trump! Yeah! The Celebrity Honoree in the WWE Hall of Fame Class of 2013. Donald Trump has a long history in the world of professional wrestling, exclusively with Vince McMahon and the World Wrestling Federation slash WWE. The 66-year-old Queens, New York native has a long history with the sports entertainment company that even dates back to the late 1980s. Trump's first involvement with the WWE came in 1988 and 89 when WrestleManias 4 and 5 were both hosted at Trump Plaza in Atlantic City, New Jersey. I was so excited to that this was happening because I had the opportunity to go to both back-to-back WrestleManias. Having attended WrestleManias 1 and 2, I was off on WrestleMania 3 being that it was at the Pontiac Silverdome, of course, breaking records with Andre versus Hogan. So when I heard WrestleMania was coming back to my area, New Jersey, I was living in New York at the time, in Staten Island, but it was so exciting to hear that it was going to be close by now. Once again, this was before really, you could say, boatloads of fans, thousands and thousands of fans would travel across the world to go to WrestleMania. It was, in a sense, more localized in terms of fans from the regional area coming to the event. So it was in my backyard, so to speak. I was so excited. And due to the popularity and the income generated from WrestleMania 4, Trump once again decided to, or should we say, make the bid to have WrestleMania 5 once again in Atlantic City. This was truly the first ever time you can say a venue had vouched or attempted to gain WrestleMania by bidding 
for the spectacular event. Donald Trump has been a lifelong fan of professional wrestling, and he even appeared past WrestleManias 4 and 5 on WWE television. Trump's Taj Mahal in Atlantic City was also host to the 1991 WBF Championship, which was owned by the WWE, or should we say the World Wrestling Federation, Titan Sports at the time. Vince McMahon was hoping it would lead to bigger and better things for the secondary league known as the World Bodybuilding Federation. So again, Trump laid host to another event, which was led by Mr. McMahon. Trump will make sporadic appearances on WWE television to WrestleMania 20, where Jesse Ventura interviewed Trump at ringside as the event was held at Madison Square Garden. Another personal tie here as I was in box seats for this event and I was able to witness live in person Donald Trump once again on WrestleMania television. The New York City real estate developer had multiple business dealings with the World Wrestling Federation and World Wrestling Entertainment organizations, even moving into the 2000s. After starting a feud with Vince McMahon in early 2007, a match was made at WrestleMania 23 in 2007 between Bobby Lashley and Umaga. The stipulations had Trump managing Lashley and McMahon managing Umaga with the losing manager having to have his head shaved bald. The infamous Battle of the Billionaire storyline was set forth, and it was a major promotional mark at the WrestleMania 23 event. It broke records, known as the largest grossing WrestleMania event in history. People wanted to see Trump shave bald. The special referee for the match, of course, was Stone Cold Steve Austin. And in all actuality, we saw Mr. McMahon have his head shaved bald, of course. The Donald would not have his head shaved. Come on. His pompadour hairstyle is his trademark, his wrestling gimmick, you can say. Trump last returned to the company in major mainstream storyline terms, you can say, in 2009 when Vince McMahon, in storyline, sold him the WWE, or should we say the Raw brand, for one week before buying it back. It was so realistic that investors actually thought Vince McMahon had sold the company to Donald Trump. In all actuality, in storyline, it was the Raw brand he was going to sell to the millionaire, or should we say billionaire, developer. While this all happened as Vince McMahon sold Raw to the the Don, you can say, he appeared on screen and Trump confirmed this acquisition and he declared he would be at the following commercial-free episode in person and would give a full refund to the people who purchased tickets to the arena for that night's show in the amount of $235,000. It was his way to get back at Mr. McMahon. Trump, being the smart investor that he was, sold Raw back to McMahon for, of course, double the value. It was an interesting storyline, a controversial one. It even hit mainstream media. People actually thought Donald Trump owned the WWE. Despite the battle of the billionaire storyline, in real life, Vince McMahon and Donald Trump are very, very good friends. And you could say, beknownst to Mr. McMahon, 
Donald Trump has gone on record on radio shows, television shows, noting that Vince McMahon is a good guy in all actuality. I have a feeling we haven't seen the last of the Don in the world of professional wrestling. Every time he steps foot inside the squared circle, things happen. Something happens in one way or another. From his first ever major appearance on wrestling television, WrestleMania 4, in the front row with that big pompadour hair, he has made such a mark ever since, especially in the history of WrestleMania. The granddaddy of them all is perfect for the Don and his stature. This is one celebrity that is truly fitting for the celebrity wing of the WWE Hall of Fame. There's no doubt that I have made the right decision to sell Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Raw will be uh, independently owned and operated by a man with whom I have a, a history with. However, never, never allow your personal feelings getting in the way of a, a good business decision. I've been compensated. Uh, in an overwhelming fashion, which for a man of my standards is saying something. So allow me without further ado to introduce you to the man uh, via satellite. Joining us now, ladies and gentlemen, the new and no doubt proud owner of Monday Night Raw, Donald J. Trump. You finally put your ego aside and made a smart business move for a change. It's true. I, Donald Trump, am now the sole owner of Monday Night Raw. You know, Vince, you never really showed your appreciation for the Raw audience. Never once did I see that appreciation. Well, that's not true, I'm going to do stuff that's never been done before, never been seen before. People have been watching Raw for 17 years, and they deserve something special. You've made a uh, lot of money off these people. It's about time you give back. I, like our president says, give back. No, 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 wait a minute, Donald. I, I have been giving back, and I've been doing it for, for some time. And quite frankly, I don't think it's too much for us for the WWE Universe to give back to me. Giving back and... Raw has produced more weekly episodes than any show in entertainment history, and the WWE Universe is the reason why. It's time they got something back. A little appreciation for their loyalty for being a fan. My first act as owner is to do something unprecedented, unheard of, something you were too selfish and cheap to make happen, Vince. For the first time in its 17-year history, Next week, Raw will be presented live on USA Commercial Free. I didn't sound like a Donald Trump. Vince. It'll be commercial free. I'll repeat that for you, Vince. Commercial free. No commercials. The whole telecast. No commercials. That's because of Donald Trump. Who ever heard of something like that? No one's ever heard of anything like that, quite frankly. I certainly haven't, and um, I think you've lost your marbles. I mean... It's all about the money. And guess what, Vince? I'm personally going to be at Raw next week to run things the way I want to see them run, meaning the right way. So look, a little word of advice. 
Don't get in my way. Captivating superstars of all time. Booker T's legendary career began in Houston, Texas in 1989. His debut with his brother Stevie Ray in the GWF began a journey that would entertain fans for over two decades. And for those two decades, we've all dug it. I came here to give the people what they came to see. With the best you will go. Oh, 61. <laughs> I got them. Bless me, Father, for I have sinned. What? Check out the big brain on you. What's going on, baby? You can see my soul through my eyes. I feel like a fool with this outfit on. Will you please tell her to quit looking at me? Do you want an autograph or something? <laughs> Excuse you. There's never been one so majestic as I. Captain Booker T. Spinneroni. Here it is. An entertainer in the ring and out, but more importantly, a champion. Tag Team Champion. Television Champion. Hey, baby, a new world's television champion. You're going for a ride of your life, sucker. U.S. Champion. I can't believe it. Five-time WCW Champion. We've got a new champion. It's my time. Don't hate the player. Hate the game. What the hell? <laughs> Intercontinental Champion. This crowd feels it. Booker T feels it. King of the Ring. World Heavyweight Champion. The poor kid from Houston, Texas has risen to the top because I got all my people standing behind me 110%. Hey! Now can you dig that sucker? My thing has always been about being one of the guys who have gone all the way through it to get to the other side to look back and say, man, I did that. It is an honor to welcome Booker T into the WWE Hall of Fame, Class of 2013. Can you dig it, sucker? Sucker! Booker Teo Huffman was born March 1st, 1965. And since his very first day in the world of professional wrestling, he quickly made a mark that lasted throughout his entire career. Arguably, you could say he is one of the most decorated and well-known superstars in WCW history. Booker T holds an unprecedented number of 35 titles. During Booker T's illustrious career, he has held 
35 major championships between WCW, the WWF slash WWE, and TNA. 21 of those championships were won in WCW. But let's go back to where it all began for the six-time World Heavyweight Champion. Booker was born the youngest of eight children. His hometown was Houston, Texas. By the time Booker was 14, both of his parents had passed away, and his brother Lash, Stevie Ray Huffman, stepped in to raise him and his siblings. Stevie Ray, his brother, suggested that he and Booker check out a wrestling school and quite possibly give it a go since they were both wrestling fans. As a result, they entered the school of Ivan Putsky, and it was in conjunction with the Western Wrestling Alliance organization. Booker trained under Scott Casey. Eight weeks later, Booker debuted as G.I. Bro on Putsky's Western Wrestling Alliance live program. Yes, G.I. Bro just did not only exist in WCW history. They were spotted by Skandar Akbar, who hired them to work for the Global Wrestling Federation, where he and Eddie Gilbert were involved. Gilbert named Stevie Ray and Booker T together as the Ebony Experience. They won the GWF Tag Team Championship on July 31st of 1992. From there, they headed to World Championship Wrestling. Booker T and his brother, Stevie Ray, signed with WCW after Sid Vicious recommended they sign with the organization. In August of 1993, they debuted as the tag team known as Harlem Heat. Booker was renamed Cole, and Lash, a.k.a. Stevie Ray, was named Kane. So Cole and Kane were now Harlem Heat in WCW. They became heels and were on Harley Race and Carl Robert Parker's team in the War Games match at Fall Brawl on September 19th against Sting, Davey Boy Smith, Dustin Rhodes, and the Shockmaster. In 1994, they acquired the services of Sensational Sherry, dubbed Sister Sherry. Yes, Sister Sherry as their manager and changed their names back to Booker T and Stevie Ray. By the end of 94, they held the WCW Tag Team Championship after defeating Stars and Stripes. Over the next two years, Harlem Heat would hold the WCW Tag Team titles for a record seven times. They feuded with teams such as the Stud Stable, headed by Colonel Robert Parker, the American Males, Lex Luger and Sting, the Steiner Brothers, Public Enemy, and of course, The Outsider, Scott Hall and Kevin Nash. It was during this time that one of the most popular promos by Booker T had taken place. Prior to defeating Luger for the title, it was during one instance that Booker got a little carried away during one of his promos with Sister Sherry. He was calling out Lex Luger as well as Hulk Hogan, and at one point, he used the stereotypical N-word to refer to Hulk Hogan as... And now it goes on in wrestling history as one of the more entertaining and comedic promos in sports entertainment. As WCW hit its peak during the Monday Nitro era, Stevie Ray was sidelined with injury for a few months, which left Booker T in a singles role. He made a very smooth transition into singles competition as he won the WCW World Television Championship from the Disco Inferno on December 29th, of 1997. Some say this is when the TV some say this is when the television title division really stepped up and produced high quality matches. He feuded over the title with Perry Saturn, Rick Martel, which he feuded over the title with Perry Saturn and Rick Martel, which culminated in a gauntlet match at Super Brawl 8. 
one of the most popular feuds that Booker had for the TV title was with Chris Benoit. The two engaged in a best-of-seven series with the winner meeting Finley for the championship. After seven matches and interference from Bret Hart and Stevie Ray, Booker T won the series and on June 14th regained the television title. He was the first African-American to hold the WWE World Television Championship as 1999 rolled around. There was a heated rivalry between Stevie Ray and Booker T, the two brothers, as Stevie Ray joined the New World Order. And by mid-99, Booker had convinced his brother to leave the NWO and reunite Harlem Heat. And in turn, they defeated Bam Bam Bigelow and Canyon for the WCW Tag Team titles at Road Wild. But then things changed once again, leading into the year 2000. This was as Stevie Ray turned his back on Booker T and formed Harlem Heat Incorporated with Big T, a.k.a. Ahmed Johnson, Cash, and Jay Biggs. Stevie Ray and Big T dubbed themselves as Harlem Heat 2000. Throughout this period, Booker T was simply referred to as Booker, no T. This was as Harlem Heat 2000 won the rights to the name T in a match with Big T against Booker on February 20th of the year 2000 at Super Brawl 10. Yes, Booker T lost the T to Big T. When Vince Russo and Eric Bischoff formed the New Blood, Huffman eventually completely changed his in-ring persona, joining General Rections, aka Hugh Morris, his military-themed Misfits in Action stable, as once again G.I. Bro. He reprised the gimmick from the WWA, and thankfully he later returned to the Booker T name. As 2000 continued leading into 2001, Booker was elevated into the main event scene as Booker Vince Russo grew disgruntled with Hulk Hogan's politics as he fired Hogan during the live broadcast of Bash at the Beach and announced an impromptu match between Jeff Jarrett and Booker T for the World Heavyweight Championship. Booker T won the match, in the process becoming the second ever African-American champion in WCW after Hall of Famer Ron Simmons. Booker then went on to feuds with Kevin Nash, Vince Russo himself, and it led to a three-time title reign for Booker T. Booker's next feud was with Scott Steiner, to whom he eventually lost the title in a straitjacket steel cage match. As Booker was sidelined with an injury during the latter portion of WCW's existence, he returned to the roster and defeated Rick Steiner for the WCW United States Championship. This made Booker the ninth and final WCW Triple Crown winner. On the final episode of Monday Nitro, he defeated Scott Steiner to win the world title for the fourth time. And it wound up he was technically the final world champion in WCW history, combining the world and U.S. titles. Booker won a total of 21 titles in WCW. Like I said, tremendous making him the most decorated athlete in the history of World Championship Wrestling. After WCW was purchased by the World Wrestling Federation in March of 2001, Booker T made his debut at the King of the Ring pay-per-view in 2001, attacking WWF champion Stone Cold Steve Austin during his match. I was there in person to witness the debut of Booker T, the crowd went crazy to see a WCW superstar in the World Wrestling Federation. Booker T turned heel and became a leading member of the Alliance 
during the Invasion storyline. This is when WCW and ECW combined to go after and attack and invade the World Wrestling Federation. In July of 2001, in his debut match in the company, Booker defended his WCW World Championship against Buff Bagwell at a not-so-favored match that quite possibly put the nail in the coffin for WCW for good in Vince McMahon's eyes. Booker lost the WCW World title to Kurt Angle, but he went on to win the title back on July 30th on an episode of Monday Night Raw, thus making Booker a five-time, 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 five-time WCW champion. Now, can you dig that? One of the most popular feuds that Booker T was in when he initially debuted in the World Wrestling Federation was with the People's Champion, The Rock. They feuded basically over the fact that they had similar gimmicks, you can say, and they had identical finishing moves, the bookend and the rock bottom. During this time, he won the WWE World Tag Team Championship for an 11th time, and he did it with Test. He also had a WWF Tag Team Championship reign with the former as well. Once the invasion storyline ended, once the invasion storyline ended, Booker remained a heel and he joined forces with Vince McMahon and the boss man in December to feud with Stone Cold Steve Austin. The highly popular feud between Austin and Booker led to an infamous angle that took place in a grocery store as Stone Cold covered Booker T in, in all food of every sorts as they battled in an actual grocery store. This was truly one of the first big-time angles that Booker was involved without the WCW tag attached to his name. His first WrestleMania appearance was at WrestleMania 18 against Edge. Booker won the hardcore title twice in May of 2002. This led to the infamous teaming with Goldust. After a brief stint joining the WWE's version of the New World Order, Booker was now teaming with the Bizarre One. They won the World Tag Team Championship. By 2003, Booker T's popularity had soared, and he basically separated from Goldust to be on his own. Booker then set his sights on the World Heavyweight Championship, which was held by Triple H. This led to a dual main event match which pitted Triple H defending the title against Booker T, WrestleMania 19 in Seattle. The feud surrounded racial aspects, and it had a very racial and controversial tone to the match. It was all set up for Booker T to overcome the odds and win the title, but inevitably Booker lost to Triple H in one of the main events at WrestleMania. Afterward, Booker set his sights on the Intercontinental Championship. Finally, he defeated Christian to become the new IC Champion. Then in 2004, Booker teamed with Rob Van Dam to capture once again the World Tag Team Championship. And in mid-2004, Booker T won the WWE's version of the United States title. Booker's T title reigns would continue on in the WWF as well. Then in 2005, leading to 2006, Booker reignited a feud with Chris Benoit surrounding the United States title. During this time, they rekindled their best of seven series between Benoit and Booker, this time for the United States Championship in the World Wrestling Federation slash WWE. At WrestleMania 22, Booker had a short feud with the Boogeyman. Shortly thereafter, Booker was looking for a new role in the organization, looking for a new spot, and arguably looking for another chance at the World Heavyweight Championship. This led to the King of the Ring tournament on SmackDown, where Booker won and became now King Booker.
he defeated Bobby Lashley to win the title as the brand new King of the Ring. In turn, being King led to a world title match for King Booker. Booker T defeated Rey Mysterio to finally become World Heavyweight Champion in the WWE. After the victory, Booker proclaimed himself as King of the World. This win would also make Booker the 16th Triple Crown Champion and 8th Grand Slam Champion in the history of the WWE. Booker wound up using a more royalistic accent, you could say, an English style of accent, as he was now King Booker. He, alongside Queen Charmel, had a very successful reign on the SmackDown brand as World Heavyweight Champion. Booker T's last feud in the WWE was with the King of Kings, Triple H, over the moniker of King. Then, in October of 2007, Booker T and Queen Charmel left the WWE. This leads us to November of 2007, and Booker T's debut in TNA Wrestling. He debuted as Sting's mystery partner in a tag team match against Kurt Angle and Kevin Nash for the World Heavyweight Championship. Booker now reverted back to his old Booker T character. While in TNA, one of the most popular angles that he was involved in was when he joined the main event mafia, becoming a heel, debuting under a pseudo King Booker gimmick. This time with a sort of Jamaican accent, you could say, Booker was now a heel in TNA wrestling under this new faction. The main event mafia consisted of all main eventers in TNA wrestling. Kurt Angle, Kevin Nash, Sting, Booker T, all a part of MEM. It was during this time that Booker introduced the first ever secondary title in TNA. They had the X Division title, but technically the Legends title was now the secondary championship in TNA wrestling. Then in 2010, Booker T left TNA wrestling and was out of the professional wrestling scene for an extended period. After Booker T left TNA in 2010, fans were wondering what was the next chapter. Then on January 30th of 2011, Booker T returned to the WWE to take part in the Royal Rumble. The crowd went crazy for Booker and he was welcomed back into the WWE with open arms. Shortly thereafter, Booker joined the commentary team on SmackDown. Then this past year in July, it was announced on WWE.com that Booker T was named the new general manager of SmackDown by Chairman Vince McMahon. What can you say about Booker T? What can you say more about the credentials, the accomplishments, the achievements that this man has had in professional wrestling? In September of this past year, Booker released his first autobiography, Booker T, From Prison to Promise. What is most important about Booker T was the fact that he was able to overcome the odds. I wanted to wait till the end of his career synopsis to talk about this point in his life because I wanted us to celebrate the career of Booker T in Hall of Fame stature but what makes this inductee so special was the fact that he was a convicted felon who spent 19 months in prison this was a man who was in prison committed a crime committed armed robbery able to reform himself and become a stellar member of the community and a Hall of Fame superstar Booker T is truly worthy of the stature apart or the stature that one deserves to be a part of the Hall of Fame. From his finishing moves, the bookend, the ghetto blaster, and of course the scissors kick. Who can forget the spinneroony, named by Mark Madden, but it's also popular to this very day. His theme song with Stevie Ray Harlem Heat, which is continued to be used to this very day, is one of the most popular themes in wrestling history. 
as we wrap up Booker T's career, let's just run down the achievements in terms of championships that he has won. A three-time Global Wrestling Federation Tag Team Champion, a Las Vegas Pro Wrestling UWF Heavyweight Champion, a Prairie Wrestling Alliance Heavyweight Champion, Texas All-Pro Wrestling Heavyweight Champion, the TNA Legends Champion, he was TNA World Tag Team Champion with Scott Steiner as well. In WCW, let's go on with his accolades there. A four-time WCW World Heavyweight Champion, a WCW US Champion, Tag Team Champion ten times with Stevie Ray, World Television Champion six times, an eighth Triple Crown Champion, then in the World Wrestling Federation slash WWE. A WCW Champion, WCW Tag Team Champion with Test, World Heavyweight Champion, three-time World Tag Team Champion, Intercontinental Champion, United States Champion three times, and a two-time Hardcore Champion, 2006 King of the Ring, 16th Triple Crown Champion, 10th Grand Slam Champion, the most underrated wrestler rated in 2002, and the PWI ranked him Most Improved Wrestler of the Year in 1998. He was a part of PWI's Tag Team of the Year in 95 and 96. PWI ranked him number 5 of the 500 Best Singles Wrestlers of the Year in 2001. That is a resume of a Hall of Famer. Booker T is just that. This sucker is deserving of the WWE Hall of Fame. We here at Beyond the Bell and the SNS Radio Network would like to thank Booker T for all he has done in professional wrestling. I thank you very much. Booker T, we've seen the intensity of the matches here tonight, and I expect the same thing is going to happen in this four-quarter match. Let me tell you something, Gino, can you out here talking about a click? The only click you need to know about is the Harlem Heat and Sister Sherry. See, because what you're dealing with here is the brotherhood. It's nonstop from this point on in WCW. We take what we want, and after we take Lex Luger and the Giant, we want the gold, sucker. Hulk Hogan, we're coming for you, nigga. I should point out for the record, Stevie Ray, look at this. Take a look. We're talking about the rack, the torture rack of Lex Luger. And what about the choke slam of the Giant? These are the things you're going to have to deal with tonight. What about the Harlem Hangover? Good evening and welcome to King Booker and Queen Charmel's At The Movie. And now, let's welcome the star of At The Movies, King Booker. Thank you. Thank you, my queen. Tonight is a very special edition of At The Movies, where we will review the DVD, See No Evil, starring Kane. Now, when I look at Kane, I don't see evil. I see a man disturbed. I see a man who will be vanquished this Sunday night at No Way Out. Vanquished by King Booker. Indeed. Now, the question is, does Cain inspire fear? Well, to answer that, let's take a look at a clip from See No Evil. Get out of here! Michael! Oh. 
coming your way. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen scarier movies watching Muppets. Muppets, I say. <laughs> Kate had no style, no, no. sense of menace. <laughs> now, if you want to see something that will scare your ass off, this is how it would have been. If See No Evil starred King Booker. That's right. Run. Run for your life. Fun King Bucca. King and ruler of the SmackDown world. And I got an axe too. So run. Run for your lives or fall victim to the King of the World. Thank you, my queen. Now that was scary. Neither in cinema nor in life. I, King Booker, I do not fear King. And I will prove it. Fix those lights. We're shooting out here live. Fix those lights. Coming down the aisle from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. He was completely uh, dedicated to wrestling. The most popular champion in wrestling history. He wanted to be the best. Bruno Sabatino! I always wanted to be like Bruno Sabatino. Just the impression that he had on me as the way he carried himself as a man. In my opinion, He's the greatest champion that WWE ever had, ever. Immigrating to America from Abruzzi, Italy as a young team, San Martino utilized his storied physical power in local strongman competitions, earning the moniker of strongest man in the world during his time. The Italian powerhouse soon captured the attention of local professional wrestling promoters. And the rest, as they say, is history. He was so big, strong, powerful. Not only was he powerful, but he was resilient. After breaking his neck at the hands of arch-rival Stan Hansen, San Martino returned to compete just three months later at Shea Stadium, proving even a broken neck couldn't keep the living legend down. In order to be on top, you have to be a winner. When you train hard and you have that confidence of yourself, you don't think about losing, you only think about winning. On May 17, 1963, the Italian Superman shocked the world, defeating Buddy Rogers for the WWF Championship in an astonishing 48 seconds. This way, you're looking at a great champion. San Martino's dramatic victory would be the beginning of an historic title run of nearly eight years, a record that stands to this day. The best celebration for Bruno San Martino, one of the most popular individuals in the world. It was in the world's most famous arena, Madison Square Garden, that San Martino established himself as a box office icon, headlining 187 MSG sellouts. When you fill up Madison Square Garden, you're more than a name. You are a part of those people. They came to support him. He packed Madison Square Garden year in and year out. I think that statement alone explains his greatness. As a consummate professional and dedicated family man, San Martino was a role model to millions all over the world. 
The reigning champ was even honored a private audience with the Pope in the Vatican. Bruno San Martino was my father's uh, favorite performer, was his father's favorite performer. A powerful gentleman and someone who carried the championship with pride and honor. While Bruno's cumulative championship reign of 4,040 days is arguably his most impressive accomplishment, it pales in comparison to the living legend's stature. For in the 1970s, and even today, no name resonates more in the world of sports or entertainment than that of Bruno Sammartino. It is with great pleasure that we induct the living legend into the WWE Hall of Fame. For October 6th, 1935, Bruno Sammartino is best known for being the longest running champion of the World Wide Wrestling Federation, the WWWF. He held the title across two reigns for over 11 years in length, as well as the longest single WWE championship reign in professional wrestling history. Bruno Sammartino had a wrestling style that was mat-oriented, which was typical of wrestlers from his era. His brawling power moves, personal charisma, helped him become the most popular American wrestler in the 1960s and early 1970s. Born in Abruzzo, Italy, San Martino was the youngest of seven brothers and sisters. Bruno would set a world record in the bench press with a lift of 565 pounds in 1959. San Martino also competed in bodybuilding and won the Mr. Allegheny in the late 50s. This led to his professional wrestling career. An animal at a carnival. But then Bruno would move over to professional wrestling. He made his professional debut in Pittsburgh on December 17, 1959, pitting Dmitry Grabowski in 19 seconds. On December 23rd, he defeated Miguel Torres for the local spectator sports promotion in Pittsburgh. He soon became extremely popular with the fans. In 1966, San Martino bought the Pittsburgh-based spectator sports promotion. The promotion was a stopping point for national stars such as Gorilla Monsoon, The Crusher, Bill Watts, George Steele, Bobo Brazil, and many more. Featuring local talent like Johnny DeFazio, Frank, Carnegie Cop Holtz, Hurricane Hunt, and Tony Marino. The local TV show was canceled in 1974 and the promotion shut down. The Pittsburgh area then became part of the WWWF territory. This led him to his Worldwide Wrestling Federation career. 
San Martino's first match in Madison Square Garden in New York City was on January 2nd of 1960. He faced Bull Curry, who was substituting for Killer Kowalski. Within six months of his debut in wrestling, San Martino was headlining at Madison Square Garden, starting in tag matches, teaming with Antonio Rocca. San Martino made major headlines when he became the first and only man to lift the 640-pound Haystacks Calhoun in a match. He did not slam him as much as lift him shoulder height and drop him. After tiring of low payoffs and broken promises, San Martino left Vince McMahon Sr.'s Capital Wrestling Corporation to join a rival New York promoter and former McMahon Sr. partner, Cola Quariani. His tenure there was brief as his hold on New York was weakened due to low attendance and the Athletic Commission pressure to curb the violence. San Martino was then told by Rudy Miller to jump back to McMahon and the Capital Wrestling Corporation. After a transition in the business, Bruno was in demand by other promoters in different Canadian territories. During his tenure in Toronto, Bruno wrestled and beat then National Wrestling Alliance champion Buddy Rogers for the championship. Rogers was unable to continue after being accidentally butted in the groin while attempting a leapfrog. San Martino refused to accept the title under those circumstances. San Martino also wrestled NWA champ Lou Fez twice in Canada. Like Fez's win over Buddy Rogers, this match was booked by NWA kingpin Sam Mushnick as a preliminary to the forming of the WWF. This was to ensure the dominance of the senior organization and its championship. This would bring Bruno back to the Worldwide Wrestling Federation. He won the WWF Championship on May 17, 1963, defeating Nature Boy Buddy Rogers in just 48 seconds. Bruno has said in interviews that Rogers had to be tricked into the MSG main event. Supposedly, Rogers was to win some sort of disqualification. It was San Martino himself that broke the news to him right in the ring. As champion, Bruno will be featured in some exclusive feuds, such as with number one contender Gorilla Monsoon, as Monsoon won by disqualification, starting a monumentally successful feud between the two. On September 28, 1965, after a match with Tarzan Tyler in Madison Square Garden, San Martino went to a restaurant in Times Square. When he returned, he found that a car window was shattered and his $10,000 championship belt was stolen. San Martino headlined cards that filled Madison Square Garden on a monthly basis. He battled the top bad guys of his time, including Killer Kowalski, Giant Baba, Gene Kaninsky, Dr. Bill Miller, Dr. Jerry Graham, Bull Ramos, Hans Mortier, Waldo Von Erich, Johnny Valentine, The Sheik, Freddie Blassie, Curtis Ikea, Bill Watts, Gorilla Monsoon, Professor Toru Tanaka, and George the Animal Steel. San Martino defended the title all over the world, including Australia, Spain, Mexico, and Japan. Bruno was honored with a private audience with the Pope in the Vatican during this period. On January 18, 1971, San Martino lost the championship at Madison Square Garden to Ivan Koloff. The crowd was stunned into silence. The announcer came into the ring with the belt, but... 
fearful of a riot, he did not present it to Koloff. As San Martino left the ring, people started crying. Meanwhile, on January 14, 1972, San Martino returned to Los Angeles, California for the first time in five years to participate in the highlight of promoter Mike LaBelle's year, a 22-man battle royal. The battle royal included competitors such as Rocky Johnson, Mill Mascaris, John Tolos, Haystacks Calhoun, and Ripper Collins. Later in 1972, San Martino was asked back by McMahon Sr. to regain the championship. After refusing McMahon's initial offer, he was offered a percentage of all the gates when he wrestled with a decreased work schedule. Soon after, Bruno and champion Morales teamed up for a series of tag matches. All syndicated wrestling shows in the WWF showed a clip of Morales and San Martino signing a contract for a title match at Shea Stadium. Then on September 1st, 1972, they wrestled to a 75-minute draw at Shea Stadium in New York City. Eventually, on December 10th, 1973, San Martino regained the WWF Championship by defeating Stan Stasiak, who had won the title from Pedro Morales nine days earlier in Philadelphia. In his second reign, Bruno defeated contenders such as John Tolos, Bruiser Brody, Kemp Patera, Bugsy McGraw, Freddie Blassie, Baron Von Raschke, Waldo Von Erich, Ivan Koloff, Superstar Billy Graham, Don Leo Jonathan, Angelo Mosca, Ernie Ladd, and Nikolai Volkov. And while in Japan, Bruno had a confrontation with an up-and-coming Antonio Inoki in a tag match. Inoki attempted to slap a real submission hold on the world champion and make him quit. Bruno immediately powered out of the hold, pounded Inoki unmercifully, and pitched him out of the ring. During this time, on April 26, 1976, San Martino suffered a neck fracture in a match against Stan Hansen at Madison Square Garden when Hansen improperly executed a body slam and dropped San Martino on his head. After two months, Bruno famously returned and faced Hansen in a rematch on June 25, 1976 at Chase Stadium, which was on closed circuit television in the undercard of the most famous Ali vs. Anoki match for the WWF cities. The match was rated the 1976 Match of the Year by a number of wrestling magazines. His second title reign was only supposed to last a year, but each year Bruno received bigger payoffs to stay on. Bruno had, up to this point, the greatest financial in Baltimore on April 30, 1977. He was defeated by Star Billy Graham in a controversial ending. Graham had both feet braced on the ropes, which was, of course, illegal, while successfully pinning Bruno. After his second reign ended, San Martino leisurely toured the U.S. and around the world. He wrestled then NWA World Heavyweight Champion Harley Race to a one-hour draw in St. Louis. He also wrestled and defeated Blackjack Mulligan, Lord Alfred Hayes, Dick Murdoch, and the crippler Ray Stevens. During this time period, San Martino did a rare clean job for Killer Kowalski in Canada. One of the most emotional feuds of Bruno's career started in January 22nd of 1980, when his former student, Larry Zabisco, violently turned against him during a scientific wrestling exhibition. This was broadcast on World Wrestling Federation's Championship Wrestling Show. 
Their feud culminated on August 9, 1980 in front of 36,295 fans at Shea Stadium. This was the main event of the 1980s showdown at Shea. San Martino defeated Zabisco inside a steel cage. This feud is considered by many wrestling historians and journalists to be the biggest feud in the history of wrestling in the Northeast. San Martino retired from North American wrestling full-time in 1981 in a match that opened the Meadowlands Arena in East Rutherford, New Jersey, the home of WrestleMania 29. San Martino pinned George the Animal Steel in his match. San Martino then finished up his full-time career by touring Japan. In 1984, San Martino found out through Angelo Savaldi, a recently fired office employee of the Capital Wrestling Corporation, that he had been cheated by Vince McMahon Sr. on the promised gate percentages for his entire second title reign. He filed suit against McMahon and the Capital Wrestling Corporation. Then Vince McMahon Jr. came along. Part of the settlement included San Martino returning to do color commentary on WWF television in exchange for hundreds of thousands of dollars for what amounted to 19 days of work. The primary reason San Martino returned was an attempt to promote the wrestling career of his son David San Martino, who had become a wrestler against Bruno's wishes. Despite lingering effects from previous injuries, San Martino agreed to come out of retirement to help his son launch his career. Bruno says that this time period was his least favorite of his career. At the inaugural WrestleMania at a sold-out Madison Square Garden in 1985, San Martino was in his son's corner for his match against Brutus Beefcake. He returned to entering action soon after with his son as they wrestled against Beefcake and Valiant at Madison Square Garden. Disenchanted, the younger San Martino quit the WWF several times. This forced his father to continue to wrestle in hopes that he could get his son back into McMahon's good graces. San Martino's most notable feud during this run was with Macho Man Randy Savage. Bruno would often be teamed with Tito Santana and his old enemy, his arch-nemesis, George the Animal Steel. He was face at this point in his career, let's make note of that. They took on Savage and the adorable Adrian Adonis. The climax of their feud came with a victory for San Martino and Santana in a steel cage match in Madison Square Garden. Bruno also engaged in a feud with Rowdy Roddy Piper after Piper insulted his heritage on a segment of Piper's Pit at Madison Square Garden as well. San Martino faced Piper in both singles and tag matches. Bruno teamed with Paul Orndorff in his matches against Piper, while Piper would tag with his bodyguard ace, Cowboy Bob Orton. Bruno would eventually get the upper hand in the feud by defeating Piper in a steel cage match at the Boston Garden. In 1986, Bruno competed in a 20-man battle royal at WrestleMania II in Chicago at the Rosemont Horizon. The battle royal featured not only professional wrestlers, but also professional football players. Bruno was eliminated by Big John Studd. Andre the Giant would go on to win the battle royal. Later on in 86, Bruno would team with Jake the Snake Roberts and Santana in a six-man elimination tag match against the Hart Foundation and the Honky Tonk Man. Bruno was the sole survivor of the match, pinning the Honky Tonk Man for the win. Bruno's last major feud came in the summer of 1987 against the Honky Tonk Man for the WWF Intercontinental Championship. 
Although he dominated the matches against the champion, Bruno never won the title, winning most of his matches by countout or disqualification. Bruno also feuded with the Hercules, Hercules Hernandez, should I say, during this time period. Bruno had his last singles match in the WWF against him on August 28, 1987. He won via countout at the Paul Bosch Retirement Show in Houston, Texas. San Martino's final WWF match saw him team with Hulk Hogan to defeat King Kong Bundy and the One Man Gang. Bruno continued doing commentary on the WWF Superstars of Wrestling program until March of 1988. After leaving the World Wrestling Federation, Bruno began doing commentary for Herb Abrams' upstart Universal Wrestling Federation as it attempted to go national and compete with the WWF, the NWA, and WCCW. On October 28, 1989, Bruno made a special appearance at the NWA pay-per-view Halloween Havoc. This is where he was the special guest referee in a Thunderdome cage match, which featured Ric Flair and Sting taking on Terry Funk and the Great Muda. San Martino ended up exchanging blows with Muda at the end of the bout and ran him off. Bruno would appear at several WCW events in a minor analysis role in the early 1990s. Over the past years, Bruno had really become an outspoken critic of the path McMahon has taken in professional wrestling. Like we mentioned, due to the use of steroids, illicit drugs, obscene wrestling angles. And in the last stage of his career, he, he refused to travel with younger wrestlers for fear of being stopped in a vehicle with drugs contained inside them. He appeared in the media in opposition to the WWE on shows like Phil Donahue, Geraldo, CNN News, and such. Bruno would not associate with the WWE in any manner. Even in 2004, officials tried to reach out to him about doing a DVD release and providing commentary for the WWE 24-7 Classics On Demand. Of course, he refused. He would not be a part of any any type of affiliation with the WWE until 2006 when he signed an independent deal it wasn't associated directly with the WWE with Jack's Pacific to produce an action figure it was part of the classic superstars line series 10 to be specific he appeared for independent wrestling promotions such as Ring of Honor and was featured on TNA Wrestling's Kurt Angle biographical DVD known as Champion he praised Angle and said that he generally doesn't watch wrestling unless he finds out that Angle's going to wrestle. And after many attempts, it was actually Paul Levesque Triple H that made the phone call to convince Bruno Sammartino to join the illustrious group of the WWE Hall of Fame. Bruno has been married to his wife Carol since 1959. They have three children... David and twin sons Danny and Daryl and also have four grandchildren. The Pittsburgh native is a legend in this business, stood up for his rights. No one ever thought he would be in the WWE Hall of Fame, but Bruno now, you could say somewhat involved in the industry, looking at the new version of WWE, the more PG-related content, uh, the drug testing, the reduction of drugs found in, you could say, wrestlers, cars, bags, etc. The testing of drugs really has gained the respect 
or return Bruno back to his home in the WWE. Let's talk about his finishing moves. The bear hug. Of course, the hammerlock. The pendulum backbreaker by Bruno. He made ever so famous. The signature moves. Basic, simple moves, but he made them work. The abdominal stretch, of course. The belly-to-back suplex. He gave such a great body slam. Don't forget his multiple jabs to the midsection, focusing on the mid-body, the core of the competitor. He had his running big boot before the Hulkster. Known as the living legend, the Italian Superman, let's discuss his championships and accomplishments in the industry. The Grand Prix Wrestling Tag Team Champion, NWA International Tag Team Champion, NWA United States Heavyweight Champion, both Toronto versions. He was a part of the class of 2002 Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame and Museum. The World Wrestling Association Tag Team Champion with Dick the Bruiser. He was a part of the Worldwide Wrestling Alliance Hall of Fame class of 2008. The Wrestling Observer Newsletter Awards such as Feud of the Year in 1980 versus Larry Zbysko. He won the official title of being a part of the Observer Hall of Fame class of 1996. Let's go on to Pro Wrestling Illustrated. PWI 1972 Battle Royal Match of the Year winner on January 14th in Los Angeles, California. Match of the Year not only in 72, 75, 76, and 77 with Stan Hansen, Billy Graham, Larry Zabisco, you name it. Most Inspirational Wrestler of the Year in 76. The Stanley Weston Award won in 81. Wrestler of the Year in 74. He was ranked number 7th of the top 500 singles wrestlers of the PWI years in 2003. Now let's discuss the World Wrestling Federation, or should we say the Worldwide Wrestling Federation in WWE. He was WWF International Tag Team Champion two times with Dominic DiNucci and Tony Marino. WWWF United States Tag Team Champion one time. WWWF Champion two times. And now, of course, a part of the WWE Hall of Fame class of 2013. He's a part of the Madison Square Garden Walk of Fame. He received the key to the city in Franklin, Pennsylvania as part of IWC's Night of Legends 3 in 2007. He was a part of the 2013 International Sports Hall of Fame. They are working on a movie, the Bruno Sammartino movie. Popular recording artist Bruno Mars cited his first name Bruno was taken from Bruno Sammartino and his love for professional wrestling. That is the mark he made. Before Hulk Hogan, there was Bruno Sammartino. No one will ever forget the impact he has made in this industry. What a monumental mark. Bruno Sammartino going in to the WWE Hall of Fame. I cannot believe I'm even saying that. It shows anything can happen in the WWE and professional wrestling. I'm so excited to to be a part and be there to witness it live in Madison Square Garden. Bruno being inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. If there is someone so deserving, it is him. It truly legitimizes the Hall of Fame to the next... It makes it a true Hall of Fame having Bruno a part of this class. What can you say, fans? You cap it off with a spectacular performer... 
a person that made such, such a tremendous mark in this industry. Bruno Sammartino, one of the greatest, if not arguably the greatest professional wrestler of all time. There be no wrestling without Bruno Sammartino. Thank you for all you've done, and you are so deserving. You are the epitome of Hall of Fame material. Thank you, Bruno. You headline this class, and you are so deserving. With us now, ladies and gentlemen, wrestling's only, one and only, living legend, Bruno Sammartino. And in a most unusual circumstance, in an empty arena, because wherever this man has appeared through the years, as the biggest name in professional wrestling, it has meant one thing. People love him. People come to see him in droves, in thousands, in hundreds of thousands. And Bruno, this era of so many fans coming to see you is about to win, is it not? Well, you know, Vince, I've given this an awful lot of thought. I've been wrestling professionally for 22 years, and it's been a real dream come true for me. I, as everybody knows, I came from a bruised Italy, small town in the mountains, not very educated. But yet when I came to this country and I turned pro in 1959, it was something that I never expected it would really, could really happen in my life, to have been received so well by the fans all over, all over the, this country, all over the world. I have memories that I could never, never forget because people have been so kind. They are, whatever success I've attained, it's been because of the fans, because they, they, they've done so much for me that without, without their support, because they, they've, never, they, they've never showed any kind of dissatisfaction, any kind of a, a thing that they didn't care about. Instead, all they ever did was boost me and encouragement. When I was down, they chanted my name. But unfortunately, everything comes to a close, and 22 years is a long time. I've suffered some serious injuries. This is not a happy time for me to retire. But, you know, when I was a young man in this game, I forget that some wrestlers and even fans spoke of and saying, gosh, that guy used to really be great, but, you know, he's slipping away. Time is caught up. That's something that always stood in the back of my mind. I want to still maintain that respect from my peers and my fans to say Bruno is still great. I don't want to hang around for people to say, I remember when Bruno was great. He's not quite like he used to be, but boy, five years ago, he was really a great wrestler. That would, that would hurt me tremendously. I, I trained so hard all my life. In fact, for those of you who remember me in my early years, you remember a powerful 275-pound man who won 90% of his bouts through sheer strength alone. But I realized as the years went by that I needed other things. I needed speed. I needed more stamina because strength alone without these other two things eventually would catch up with other big, younger, strong opponents. So I, in fact, to see me today, I'm from 275, I'm down to about 245. But I've been able to maintain great speed and stamina. And as a result, I've been winning 90% of my bouts from those things, from experience, as I say, stamina and speed. And, of course, I maintain, a, I think, a great amount of strength. But the thing is that it's very important for me, for my personal pride, is to leave wrestling before, before my speed isn't quite there, my strength diminishes some stamina, won't be there anymore and to the world be obvious to all my fans and all my peers and this is something I could never take so when I leave I want all the other wrestlers and hopefully all you wonderful fans to say 
Bruno left, but he's still as great as he ever was. And that is extremely important to me, to leave the game, while, as I like to put it, while I'm still on top. But again, I have so many wonderful memories to keep me for the rest of my life, for having gone all over and to have been received so well by all of you. The cheers, which I'll never, never forget as long as I live. There will be fond memories that as long as I live, they will be with me. And wrestling, which has been my life, it is not a happy time for me, again, to, to leave it. But like everything comes to an end, and I like to believe it. Of my, I, I've always saw myself as a realist. I have to be realistic enough to, you know, to say that after 22 years and many, many serious injuries, if I do not quit at this time, if I do not retire at this time, I will be one of those people that I used to hear people talk about as saying he's still good, but he's not the man he used to be. I couldn't take that. So I feel that I have one more bout, and I've trained as hard for this bout, or I'm training as hard for this bout as any bout I have ever trained for in my life, including when I first won the title, because I want to go out showing everybody that Bruno is still second to none, and I want to go out a winner. Bruno, it's the ending of an era, perhaps the greatest era professional wrestling has ever known. You've got one match left. All we can say is we have so many, many times before. The best of luck. Thank you very much. It's very kind. I appreciate it. Bruno Sammartino. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. WrestleManiacs, it's time to thank the sponsors of Beyond the Bell. They help bring your pro wrestling nostalgia podcast to you each and every week. Barbershop Window. The place that makes wrestling t-shirts cool again to wear. Yes, you could wear a wrestling t-shirt out in public. They release brand new shirts every single week. Brand new designs, you name it, they carry it. They are hip, they are cool, no joke. We're talking WrestleMania season, and of course the stars of WrestleMania, past, present, and quite possibly future, are represented as well at Barbershop Window. One of my personal favorite designs is the Big Boss Man t-shirt, who of course would not want to wear a t-shirt that looks like the Big Boss Man's baby blue shirt. Gotta love it. Not to mention, you can get the Akeem t-shirt. You can make the Twin Towers at Barbershop Window. Follow them at B-Shop Window on Twitter and go to barbershopwindow.com now and make your wrestling wardrobe cool again. SNSRadioNetwork.com Your home for everything related to professional wrestling, mixed martial arts, video gaming, and sci-fi. Get all the latest news and listen to innovative audio released daily. The network is anchored by the two flagship shows, Wrestling News Live and Sunday Night Showdown. They cover every pay-per-view. The talented hosts of SNS Radio Network cover it all. So go to SNSRadioNetwork.com now. If you're not listening, you're not trying. Ringannouncing.com, your home for WrestleMania Month here at Beyond the Bell. It's the home of the future of ring announcing, Sean Beckerman. You can watch the latest videos and demo reels of ring announcer Sean Beckerman on the independent wrestling scene. Go now to ringannouncing.com and celebrate 29 years of WrestleMania during WrestleMania Month at Beyond the Bell. 
Combat Zone Wrestling on DVD. The ultra-violent wrestling promotion can be seen on your TV or on your computer, smartphone, or tablet. You can purchase all CZW ultra-violent events. Stream them live straight on your desktop computer at czwrestling.com. Get ready to get ultra-violent with CZW. The NWA, the National Wrestling Alliance, tried, tested, honored, and of course, revered. You can catch the NWA nationwide through multiple affiliates from coast to coast. Check out the Talk NWA podcast, the NWA history, tradition, and respect. Go to nwawrestling.org now, preserving tradition and blazing new paths. Squared Circle Media, Jerome Willem brings you a forum for the fans. SquaredCircleMedia.net gives wrestling fans a voice. You can post your opinions and thoughts on what's happening today in the world of wrestling. Join the conversation at Pro Wrestling Ringside on Blogspot. Share your opinions now. Connect socially to Beyond the Bell via Twitter and tout at Sean Beckerman. Become a fan of Beyond the Bell on Facebook under the BTB fan page. All audio and video clips can be seen under the YouTube channel Ring Announcing for Beyond the Bell. You can download all of the archive shows at ringannouncing.com as well as snsradionetwork.com. You smartphone users, download all archive shows directly via iTunes, the Stitcher app, and TuneIn Radio. You can catch new episodes of Beyond the Bell every Monday night, each and every week. Like the SNS Radio Network, If you're not listening, you're not trying. Want to become a sponsor of Beyond the Bell? Contact us at btbwrestling at gmail.com or beckerman at ringannouncing.com. Put under the title, Advertising. Join the Beyond the Bell revolution now as we go back to rewind and relive all things retro in wrestling. Classic, old school, you name it, it's Beyond the Bell on the SNS Radio Network. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you once again for joining us as we completed our celebration of the 2013 class of the WWE Hall of Fame. This class, such a stellar combination of superstars, legends, and now, as of this Saturday night, Hall of Famers. Donald Trump, the celebrity wing, Trish Stratus. Bob Backlund, Booker T, Mick Foley, Bruno Sammartino. What a lineup of legends that made such a mark and laid such impressions to us fans as they stepped foot inside the squared circle. We continue on and finish up with WrestleMania Month here at Beyond the Bell. Coming up this Sunday... The granddaddy of them all, WrestleMania 29, from New Jersey, East Rutherford, New Jersey. New York, New Jersey is the slogan, MetLife Stadium, home of my New York Jets. I'll be on hand as we have a very special edition of Beyond the Bell for the 2013 Hall of Fame, WrestleMania Access. I'll try to attend other events outside of WWE as well during WrestleMania weekend. There's so many shows happening in the area this weekend and we'll cap it off with WrestleMania 29, possibly the Monday Monday Night Raw 
possibly the Monday Night Raw, right after the biggest event of the year, the Super Bowl of professional wrestling. I'll be documenting the whole weekend with short clips. You get to hear, maybe I'll throw some audio from the Hall of Fame out there for you fans and give you a feel of what it's like to be there during the weekend for those that are not attending. So we close the book on the 2013 class of the WWE Hall of Fame, and we look forward to WrestleMania weekend. So fans, this is your professional wrestling, your own personal ring announcer, Sean Beckerman signing off, and I'll see you at WrestleMania 29.